Good evening, brethren. My name is Sidwell Tabisobmota. And tonight I'm going to be sharing with you a few uh, learnings uh, from the book of Job, chapter 1, verses 6. Uh, the text is about an incident when one day the angels or the sons of God, as some versions will say, came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came with them. Um, uh, so this is the scripture that I'll be I'll be sharing from today, uh, a scripture that I quite, I found quite quite interesting and quite shocking. You know, my system also couldn't take it. You know, as as I was reading this scripture, that it seemed like a norm that um, in uh, frequently that the sons of God will come to present themselves uh, before God, before the Lord, in the presence of the Lord. And the devil will also be with them, you know. I imagine that uh, God would release an instruction, however way in which he would release it, and 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 he would summon that. So daughter, Ubaba has called us, you know. If there was a transport that was taking them there, they will then gather in a common place and then they will then arrive in the presence at the, at the same place at the same time before God and they'll find God sitting, you know. But however way in which they're getting there, the devil could also bring himself to come before the presence of the Lord in the presentations of the sons of God and he'll also present himself together with them. What I found quite fascinating is that it doesn't seem an anomaly for the devil to come and present himself together with the sons of God, you know. I can imagine that the presence of God is also a very heavily guarded place that people don't, no, no, normal commons would not get, get access to, to, to the presence of God, you know, be it heaven or however the presence of God is. No one can just access it, right? But funny enough, the devil had access to the presence of God as much as the sons of God had access, you know. I imagine the, I always imagine the presence of God as a heavily guided place by angels, you know, by the very presence and spirit of God, you know. I actually imagine the devil coming through, you know, walking down through the streets, the golden street, and, you know, some of the angels are actually looking at him, and I'm like, ah, this out, you know. But unfortunately, they couldn't touch him, you know. Maybe through a divine instruction that God would have given that uh, is a figure here where I am, you know, and he would arrive and he will also present himself together with the sons of God. And funny enough, when they arrive, God does not begin to question his sons first. The guy who speaks first, who God speaks first to is Satan, the devil, you know. Uh, if you read uh, in Job 1, verse is, if you read Job 1, Job chapter 1, verse 6, it says, Now there was a day, and that the sons of God, some visions called the angels, came to present themselves to the Lord, and Satan also came among the Lord. So this is what the Lord says to Satan. He says, Satan. From where have you come? Then Satan answered the Lord, from roaming around on earth and from walking around on it. 
And then the Lord said to Zatanami, Have you considered and reflected on my servant Job? You know, for there is none like him on earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God with reverence and abstains from and turns away from evil because he honors God. So this is very, 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 very uh, weird and mind-blowing for me because God then says, Satan, where, where have you been? You know, it, I, I, I assume this is a routine that God uses when, he, he, when the sons of God present himself, themselves before him. He says, okay, we're not opuma, group. And then the devil says, no, then says, okay, the subject of the day today is, have you considered and carefully reflected on my servant job? And then God begins to give Satan a CV of who Job is according to God. This is how job, God views Job, you know. He says, I have, there is none like him in all the earth. Ooh, this is God. This is God's testimony of Job. And, and God is saying, have you considered and carefully reflected upon this fellow? You know, and it seems that the devil did. In his roaming around the earth, he actually did consider Job. And he says, you know what? Actually, I considered the guy. And I, I know the CV that you're presenting to me. But I have a case to present to you, Lord. And the case is that if you remove your hand upon his life, this CV can change drastically. What an amazing counter argument. And God says, oh, well. He says, he then, he then asks for permission to say, if you remove your hand, remove your hand and let us more nigga injalo na if you remove your hand. And as we all know the story, how it goes, God then grants the devil's request. Imagine the devil makes a request. In the presence of the Lord, concerning a guy that is beloved and has such a CV to God, and God grants the devil his request. Oh, this, this is mind-blowing for me. He, 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 he says, you know what, I'm going to grant you your requests, and this is going to be conditional though. You can touch everything else, but do not touch his soul. This is very important. Do not touch his soul. Do not touch his soul. We'll come back to that a little bit later. Do not touch his soul. One after another, the the servants of Job come running. Omunyesakutilepanzi sati amatotagazi ako have died in a in, in in a celebration wedding. Esatusakutile omunye runs in and says, "All your livestock has been has been struck down and is dead." Esatusakutile. Omunye, and then it's another bad report, one bad report after another, and even to a point where Job is struck with boils all over his body. The instruction is clear from, the God, from God. You can touch everything else, but do not touch his soul. This is the permission that the devil is granted. And this does not seem like a new phenomena, because in the book of 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 of, of in the book of Luke, uh, Jesus is speaking to 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 Peter, and he says, "Simon, Simon, Peter, the devil has asked for permission to have you sifted like wheat." 
But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Again, the devil is asking for me permission to have Peter sifted like wheat. And, and, and Jesus does not say, I denied him the permission. Jesus says, I actually prayed for you, which means uh, the, the devil was granted permission to have Peter and sift him like wheat. But what Jesus does in response, he then calls further to pray for Peter that his faith may not fail. He doesn't pray that Peter doesn't fail. And we all know that from the scriptures, Peter fails because Peter denies the Lord three times, which means Peter's, uh, the devil's request concerning Peter is granted again. But Jesus still says, I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you come back, come back and strengthen the brethren. The devil will now again sit before God and contest our CVs before God. And out of faith and trust in the CV that God presents to the devil concerning us, God will grant the devil the permission to strike. So there will be a temporary window of exposure to striking in our lives. Be it wherever it can be in the area of our relationships. It can be in the area of our finances. It can be in the area of our projects. It can be in the area of whatever we find dear. There will be that temporary window for the devil to strike because God has confidence in the CV that he presents. And the ultimate decider of whether that CV is expanded or is destroyed is how we respond to the window of exposure when the devil is granted temporary permission over our lives. When the devil is granted temporary permission to sift us like wheat. If we had time, we'll speak about the sifting like wheat that Jesus describes to Peter. You know. And in closing, Job's wife comes to Job and he says, Job, I see that your kids have died. I see that your livestock has perished. This is wealth. I see that your health is not in perfect condition. You have boils all over you. And I see that all these things have not killed you. But I'm ready, Jobe. I'm ready to be a widow. I've sat down and I've reflected and I've thought about this and I've realized that I'm ready to be a widow. It is better for you to die than for you to go through all this pain. But I realize that all the pain that you're going through will not kill you, Jobe. And I've come to the conclusion that the only thing that will bring death upon your life is that if you curse your God, if you curse your God, you will die. Curse him and die. Curse him and die, Jobe, because clearly everything else is not going to kill you. And this is a fundamental lesson and principle that we must extract from the foolishness of, of, of Job's wife. Although foolish, but she has a very deep revelation that everything else is not going to kill you. It's just going to shake you. The one thing that is going to, to kill us is when we begin to curse God. Hallelujah.
glory be to God. In whatever season that we pass through, I pray that we may have the resilience to know that it is God who gives us and it is God who takes through the window of exposure that he gives to the devil and that we know through all this that my Redeemer lives and my Redeemer does not live, not because of the things that he has granted me. It's always easy to say this in a time of perfect conditioning of things. But what we need to remember the most is that our Redeemer lives even through our time of testing, even through our time of being sifted like wheat.